Ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not. Ow! Earthquake! Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down. How did some slip of a girly boy become the internationally ignored song stylist barely standing before you? Damn, I can't believe you're not a girl. Looks like we got some sugar daddies in the house. You could give me a cavity, honey. Now you're interested, huh? Inch, not itch. Intrigued. It is clear that I must find my other half. But is it a he or a she? Can two people actually become one? I was in my early, late 20s. I never knew that woman before that night, and I never knew she wasn't a woman. Songs exploded out of us. We were outgrossing monster trucks in Wichita. When it comes to huge openings, a lot of people think of me. I had tried singing once, and they threw tomatoes. So after the show, I had a nice salad. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, both of you. Did you put a bra in a dryer? Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you? You don't put a bra in a dryer. It warps. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. Post-Halloween. Post-Halloween, we're not to Sylvester yet. <laughs> no more We're going to be waiting a few more weeks for that. Yeah, but we've got a really fun movie. Yes, today. I'm very excited to talk Everybody, about this movie. Uh, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these are the movies that made us gay. Yes. Well, we finally got to it. We had mm-hmm. our very good friend, Amber Shaw, over. Third time returning guest, right? Yes. I think that you've, you've been on for... Uh, Chasing yes. Amy, and yes. The John Hughes, uh, oh yes, oeuvre. our big John Hughes <laughs> episode. That's right. Um, but we gather here today. We finally got to it. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, released July twentieth, two thousand one. Written and directed by John Cameron Mitchell. Yes, indeed. When which also won the audience and the direct the audience award at Sundance, also the directing award, where it debuted at Sundance. Hedwig, <laughs> we I finally mean, got is to the it. Sundance directing award a big deal. I think it is a big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It did not get uh, the feature prize, but yeah, the audience award. So it's kind of the popular vote with people that were at the festival. Sure. Okay. Okay. John Cameron Mitchell, I mean, not as prolific a director as we would prefer, but I mean, this movie as an introduction, as yes. a debut, mm-hmm. this movie was amazing. It was oh, yeah. formative for a lot of people. I know that all three of us have really specific backgrounds of this movie, mm-hmm. so I'm very excited to get into it. Yeah, And absolutely. definitely an episode that I've been waiting to do for a while. I feel like, Amber, we've been talking about doing a Hedwig episode pretty much 
I remember when I first met you when you said that you went to school in New York and you had gone to the Hedwig shows. Yeah. So I knew that you would be the perfect guest to discuss this movie with. Yes, I have, I've been through several iterations of Hedwig in my life and it has played a pivotal role <laughs> in my development. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, can you talk a little bit about seeing it at the Jane Street Theater? Um, yeah, so my, <laughs> my freshman year of college uh, was fall of 1998. Mm-hmm. I'm very old. Um, and it was actually a required assignment for my directing class. Oh, oh interesting. That we see Hedvig and Matthew Bourne's Swan Lake, which is the all-male Swan Lake. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, I have no memory of this. <laughs> I do, but then Highly again, recommend. I was I was also in junior high at the time. Feel like you'd love it if it mm-hmm. ever circles back. Catch it, <laughs> amazing. But yeah, those were the two things that were out that my directing teacher felt it was really important for us to see, like important new work, setting well, new standards. Your directing teacher is a very smart man because you can say that you were there. I from can. the very beginning. With like baby John Cameron Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. In the very tiny theater with me sitting so close to the light guy, I could reach out and touch him. I love that. Show. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you know, I was a kid from a town in Texas. Which I find wild that we're both from just rural America. I mean, I mean you grew up outside of Dallas, right? Yeah. And I mean, like mm-hmm. Fort Worth is a big enough city, sure. but yeah, it's still like... Rural, but- not that progressive. But still, Texas, I mean, it would have been quite the experience of immediately going to college in New York City. I don't know if 18-year-old me could have, like, handled it. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a culture shock, but honestly, like, I set foot in New York and I was like, ah, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Sure, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely seeing things like this shattered my tiny sure. brain. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, what... The fuck am I looking at? And I love it. Yeah. Show me more. Had there even been like like word of mouth buzz about this show, at least at school? Um, when I got to NYU, there yeah. definitely was. Like it was just – it was that thing you did on yeah. the weekend. Okay. Like okay. Uh, amongst the theater kids at least, it was like, oh, have you seen Hedvig yet? Right, have you right. gone yet? Have you sure. seen it? Mm-hmm. And it was like that's what the cool kids were doing sure. on the weekends. And you got the experience of actually going to the theater. What's the theater name again? The James the Street James Theater. Street, yeah. So you actually got the experience of going in this old New York – I mean, it's a it's a hotel. Yeah, it was I mean, like a hotel ballroom, and basically. kind of at right. the time that they were doing it, semi-flop house maybe. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah. a neighborhood where mm-hmm. trying to find the theater, yeah. we were lost. And again, I'd lived in New York for – a month and a half <laughs> and going down to an area that yeah. was outside of my normal everyday mm-hmm, realm. Right. And I'm just like, where am I? And where is this theater? Listeners, the, uh, the Riverview or the hotel Riverview and the Jane street theater, uh, are located along the Hudson river in the meatpacking district of New York, which now is a very fashionable, very trendy, and also area expensive. to live in. A very expensive mm-hmm. area to live in. If you remember the episode of Sex in the City when Samantha bought an apartment in the Meatpacking District, it was up and coming. And the whole thing was that there were um, trans sex workers making a lot of noise underneath her window at night mm-hmm. because the area was so up and coming. And uh, one of them played by Willem Belli from. Paul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
Gosh, when was that even? That, I mean, that would have been Sex probably that would have been probably like ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, so maybe right two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the area is starting to come up, and pr- probably you know thanks a little bit to this show going on down there. And so when this is happening, it's a, like it's an off Broadway production, and it is way physically off Broadway in a very seedy kind of part of town. Mm-hmm. And this theater is in, like Scott said, is essentially a flop house. Yeah, and And, you know, little, like, 18-year-old me with my two female roommates going down (laughs) to the meatpacking district, getting out at, like, midnight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This was a smart choice of mine. Yeah, and not even, like, a traditional theater, because it was a ballroom that they just converted. Yeah, and again, like, the seating and the lighting booth, I say in quotation marks, because it was literally, like, one tiny light board and a guy and, like, five (laughs) lights pointed at the stage. Yeah. It was all on, like, the mezzanine overlooking a ballroom so it sure. was very okay, tight okay. and very narrow and you're sitting on like basically folding chairs yeah watching the show so you were not sitting in the car wash seat though no i was not <laughs> alas i was up high so when this show did blow up and like you know at the at the time on rosie as we all remember she was very much a proponent of live theater and broadway mm-hmm. and had a lot of broadway shows do performances. Current Broadway productions that were on. Yeah, do performances on, on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And, you know, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is doing a production or is doing a performance on the Rosie O'Donnell show with John Cameron Mitchell in full drag. Clips in the movie. On ABC or, mm-hmm. you know, on syndicated television in the middle of the day. Yeah. And this, yeah, but wild. this was, it was still going on at the Jane Street at that time, right? It had oh, moved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't because it didn't wild. move to Broadway until after the movie. Right. Like it stayed on. So Jane the whole Street. run in New York pre-movie is mm-hmm. all at the Jane Street. Was, was wow. MPH the first wow. as Hedwig on on, on Broadway. actual Broadway? Yeah, and yeah. that was years. I mean, that, after. That, I feel like that would have been like 2013 or so. Yeah. Right? yeah. So yeah. you know, a full decade or more than a decade since yeah. the movie came out yeah. and. Longer than that when the the off-Broadway play was going. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Neither Scott nor myself were were able to see it in the original run. I wish. Scott was in junior high. (laughs) (laughs) And I was living in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, this show came at a time when I was living in L.A. I was, you know, same age as you. So just kind of in college, whatever. Um, so didn't really have the means to go across the country. When it did tour over here, I still kind of wasn't that aware of it. And I definitely wasn't in a headspace where I was have like told all of my friends like, hey, let's go see this weird like punk rock, queer, trans, super gay show, you know. So um, when the movie came out, that was really my big kind of intro to the material i immediately fell in love with it and this was at a time in my life too when i was going out with my friends i was definitely out but all my guy friends were straight Mm -hmm. all my lady friends were their girlfriends so you know we every now and then it would be like charity night and we'd go out to you know somewhere for me but for the most part i was just going along tagging along with my friends this show came out and you know my friends were pretty you know pretty progressive so it's like when it did come out they were like yeah let's go see it we watched it and everybody loved it you know we all were just like wow that was amazing the music was so good and i think especially because the music in the movie is so much more um 
It's less like theatery. Yeah. yeah. It's very you know? it's very produced. It's very yeah. mm-hmm. rock yeah. for the most part. It sounds the soundtrack sounds like, you know, it sounds like rock music, you know. Yeah. It sounds like a band. And you know when when Hedwig is performing and the first opening number of the movie is just like it starts off and it's it's a big rocking number, my friends were like, "Okay, we can watch this." And then on top of that, it's funny. And then it's a good story. And then, you know, all that stuff going on. So I think my straight friends and my best friends were able to watch it and be like, this is really good. I just immediately bought the DVD, watched it over and over again. Did you see it in the theater? I did not. I didn't see it in the theater. I don't even know. Like, it was such a small movie. Sure. You know, it wasn't like... I mean, I had to drive... I had to drive to Dallas to see it in the theater. So, I mean, Dallas and Fort Worth, it's probably like a 30, 45-minute drive. yep. Just to see a movie because yeah. Dallas was the only place with an independent movie theater yeah. close by. I yeah. think it made decent art house money. I mean, not really a huge crossover hit. Yeah, it yeah. got John Cameron Mitchell the Globe nomination, which I think was a pretty big big success for this movie. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely. pretty progressive mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. 2001. It would have been interesting yeah. to see yeah. how far he finished the Oscar race. He probably did not get that far. Because this was a very outside-of-the-box movie for 2001. So my background with Hedwig is I remember reading about this movie in the summer by just reading Premiere Magazine. I think that it probably got like a pretty good write-up in Premiere, maybe read some interviews with John Cameron Mitchell. I definitely remember the Globe nomination when I would just look up the Globe noms of that year. But I remember this soundtrack was bought for me by my stepsister Genevieve for Christmas. Yeah. That I did not see this movie before, but she just bought it for me and was just like, I think that you would be really into Hedwig. It's the really cool, it's really super cool to like this movie. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, I want to be cool. So, uh, (laughs) it's edgy. And then we rented the movie and you're going to, be blown away at this watched it with the entire family watched it with my mom <laughs> and stepdad and i have a specific remem- memory of me actually bringing the tv upstairs to the living room to watch it which would have been like a big deal for a movie night in our household because usually it was just downstairs in a little room but we brought yeah. the tv upstairs and we all sat down to watch hedwig and my stepdad was super into this movie but, I, yeah. I mean, you have to give my stepdad, Don, a lot of credit just because he went to school in Berkeley in the 60s. Don's okay. a big old hippie. Yeah. Okay. He loves, like, progressive music. Mm-hmm. He loves classic rock. Um, he's a big movie guy. So yeah. he's, Don immediately he's got his head on straight when it comes to that stuff. And so, yeah, I think he, he got that it was like, okay, this is, this is really cool. And I remember my sister and I were really into, the, into this movie. My best friend, Jamie, we loved this movie and soundtrack. So get this, when Genevieve bought me the soundtrack, she bought me the stage soundtrack. She yeah. bought me the stage version. Yeah. So I fully did not know that my version on CD was not for the movie until I feel like I started going out with Pete and I just saw his copy. Yeah. In his iTunes. And I was like, oh, this is a little different than mine. And then it finally clicked. Oh, this was for the recorded stage version that they did in 99. And still to this day, I prefer that cut of the soundtrack. I do too. And just again, (laughs) to prove like my age. So the Hedwig um, stage soundtrack was the first CD that I bought that I got carded for. 
Oh, because it was explicit. It was parental yeah. advisory. <laughs> oh, so interesting. Yeah. I was over 18. And yeah. like that was the first one that I bought that yeah, I had yeah. to get carded for before they would sell it to me. And there were a lot of questions about what is this? <laughs> And I sure. had to like. Why is there parental I, guidance on this? If I it's had a to Broadway call show, yeah. three different music stores wow. for the one store. That I love had that. One I love copy. that album yeah. cover too because it's just oh, yeah. it's uh it's John and it's that uh it's him sort of in silhouette and it's black. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's yeah. just super fucking rock and roll. I love it. I had the movie soundtrack, which again, it's the songs are I feel like are a little sped up. Yeah. That sounds a little bit more produced or a little bit louder. John's singing is a little bit more rock and roll, a little less, you know, the vibrato is still there. Mm-hmm. The Broadway is still in his voice. But um, I, I think to me it sounds just more like a record, like a music, you know, a band. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. You know, and not a soundtrack. Um and so the, I like that one a little bit better. And then the cover is like the movie poster with the gl- yeah. red glitter lips. And like I just think the movie – because it is a movie, it had to be so much more heightened as far yes. as like the visuals. I think the songs had to be a little bit more like boisterous and and, and bigger. Um, so yeah. So, I, P- so Pete, how long did it take you to figure out – because it didn't take me until I feel like we actually saw this on stage at the pen. Uh-huh at the Pantages uh-huh. that it was done like a cabaret show. Cause I remember well, as soon as I bought the DVD, I became obsessed with the feature length documentary, which we watched today, uh, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not. And I watched that as many times as I watched the movie. Yeah. So because of that, I was familiar with, you got a little background. I was familiar mm-hmm. with the material from its inception mm-hmm. with, you know, Stephen Trask. And they do a really good job covering John Cameron it in that Mitchell documentary. Meeting on a plane and talking about music and drag and the character and all of that stuff. And so I was familiar with its its beginnings because of because of that documentary. So, so I remember watching I the documentary. That. I don't think that I had watched it until I watched your disc, which is signed, by the way, by John Cameron Mitchell. Uh, I okay. I won a signed <laughs> He didn't actually TV. like stand in line. So to get I wasn't. It yeah, I wasn't uh, at uh, you know. But a performance. I remember watching that documentary and it not really sinking in exactly what it was until I actually saw it. Yeah. And I was, and then it clicked. Of oh, I get it. So this is this is Hedwig telling this to the audience, and they filmed it all for the movie of everything that he's talking about. That's when it really clicked that yeah. I actually had to see it. Yeah. In well, front it's of an uh, you know, and, and Stephen Trask. Uh, even kind of says it in in the documentary that you know Sally Bowles has a reason to break out into song. It's literally a cabaret, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, and the Von Trapp children are are being taught how to sing, how to sing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and Hedvig has got a band, and we're here yeah. with him at this shitty venue across the street from whatever venue Tommy Gnosis and his band. Are performing and, and that's the what's so music. and that's what's so fun about the show is that you get John talking about the theater, like yeah. the actual theater that he's performing this one night in the theater, and then when we saw it, it was the Pantages. So he would talk about Tommy performing at the Hollywood Bowl. at the Hollywood Bowl, and when he kicked open the door, you're like, "Holy shit!" Like the 
Hollywood Bowl is just like right back there. Well, they even had like the background of like the mm-hmm. Hollywood Hills. Yeah. So it kind of like it, it worked really well. And they, I mean, like that's from the Jane Street yes. production as well. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he would go kick open this door and it was supposedly like the venue was in New Jersey right. just across the, the river. Okay. But you're right on the river. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the light would flood in and the sound. And I mean, again, that I think that's why my directing teacher sent us out to watch yeah. it is because they were utilizing space in such an interesting way. Yeah. And again, it's like when I saw the movie, that was the biggest question for me is how are they going to take what is essentially mm-hmm. a one man show yes. and convert it into a feature. Right. Because you can't just stay in one theater yeah. for two hours in a movie. Yeah. And they did a really great job of opening it up. Um, I will say the third act of the movie is just all songs. <laughs> Which I have no problem with. Yeah, but I mm-hmm. mean, they're great songs. They're great so songs. Just, mm-hmm. We're just here for the ride. Yeah. And again, they're really good at telling a story with the song, even yeah. though the song isn't explicitly, yeah. it's not like a Rodgers and Hammerstein, not right. it's a lovely day, let's sing about the weather. Right. They're still very expository while being creative rock songs that can sure. play on Absolutely. the radio. Hey, I don't think Hedvig has any spoken dialogue after like the fight with like after the crash with Tommy no in yeah. the limo there you know and even before that it's the whole scene with Yitzhak and the passport Hedvig doesn't say anything that entire scene <laughs> and then it cuts to you know Tommy and then it's just the last three songs in a row boom 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 and then it kind of wraps up and it gets a little bit more amorphous a little bit more visual stylized mm-hmm. but it's still like it still works yeah <laughs> yeah i never i never lose the plot i'm yeah. never not interested in what is happening and kind yeah. of really fun movie musical moments that you couldn't do on stage that oh, they yeah, yeah. did not have the resources to yeah. uh bust open the open uh the the front of the trailer like yeah. you could have not done that on stage, and it's so fucking cool when it happens. Yes. That yeah. it's such a fun movie musical moment. And well, another scene that I think is really uh, beautifully staged, and you couldn't get that on stage, is the scene with the tires. The yeah, scene with the just tires. kind of these yeah. really fun kooky <laughs> images. Yeah. And then the Drinking the Mensa's Fair. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're on stage the nine yeah. with yes. one person I in the think, audience. I think yeah. that's my favorite Hedwig look. I love I love Hedwig's like festival look. I do love the festival mm-hmm. look. That's a good one. And the like Stonehenge of yeah. porta potties. Um, so we do have to take the listeners back. You know, you saw this movie, or you saw the stage show in you 1998. Said, 1998. The movie's released in 2001. 2001. Mm-hmm. Me, the only gay in the village, <laughs> Los Angeles, showing this to my friends. This is a pre RuPaul's Drag oh, absolutely. Race mastermind of marketing, introducing mm-hmm. drag to a million households in America. And the rest of the world. And the rest of the world and making subversive drag mainstream. This is drag queens are icky. I'm it's gay. A, it's a very my, fringe And thing. my straight friends yep. will go out with me to the gay bars, but we don't want to watch the drag show. Well, and if you look at drag in film yes. before this, it's it's not cute drag. Absolutely. Like, Hedvig was the first drag character where I was like, damn, that bitch is pretty. They're good well, to be. yeah. Uh, and... We 
John gets to be a beautiful rock star. I was going to say, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the hair and makeup designer, um, Mike Potter, who we love. We love Mike Potter. Um, we'll talk about him in a minute, but you know, like you said, this was one of the first times when for not only a drag queen, uh, a trans character... To well, kind of be also, it's kind of interesting about that. That's that's that another thing. That's another conversation of that yeah. whole conversation. I think that even. But, but what I was going to say is, you know, them allowing uh, a drag character and a trans character to, you know, and I know this is controversial, but like the whole realness situation, mm-hmm, sure. you know, like what's real, all that. We get it, but you know, passable and realness, and and looking yeah. like a woman, and not just being like. That's a guy in a dress, and it's for laughs and all that. It's a this movie kind of brings up a lot of um, conversations about what transitioning meant for Hansel and then Hedvig. Well, and and especially considering the character didn't necessarily want to right, transition. Exactly. Yes. That's why it doesn't quite work them. as a trans story when you're yeah. looking back on it now. And especially when sort of the conversation of gender non-binary right. has become kind of just so talked about now that I see a right. lot of gender non-binary with Hedwig. That Hedwig doesn't well, even know what he is. That was what, another thing, or, too. What they are. They yeah. are. You know, when um, Luther first sees... Hansel, he's lying on his stomach, naked, and turns his head and still starts starts talking. And Luther doesn't even realize that Hansel's not a woman until he, like, fully just, like, turns over. And proves it. And proves (laughs) it, yeah. So I think the character in, you know, was probably intended to be a... I mean, John Cameron Mitchell is a pretty androgynous person, especially in that, you know in all of these scenes and in the movie, but I think the character was probably meant to be even, even more androgynous, you know, in 196, you know, seventies mm-hmm. or whatever in. Well, and I think that Berlin. was like the beautiful thing about it is it forces you to think about gender outside the binary. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. cannot define this character mm-hmm. in a binary at all. Yes. Yeah. And for like, that's progressive yeah. now. Yes. So in 1998... I found a recent quote from John Cameron Mitchell, which I thought was interesting. And he's uh, kind of come out around 2022 as non-binary, too. So Mm. it's something that he... And he also says that he doesn't mind going by he as well. So I think that he's open to pronouns, or they're open to pronouns. So it's he, they. mm -hmm. He's more... She's more than a woman or a man, he said. She's a gender of one and that is accidentally so beautiful he also stated that while hedwig is meant to be a queer voice and she is meant to be specifically transgender the sex change operation is not a choice hedwig doesn't speak for any trans community because she was mutilated so you were kind of mentioning that too yeah Yeah, and it Mm -hmm. it is really interesting and especially looking at it through the 2020 lens of people misconstruing what being trans is. Right. And I think that was in a way brilliant in the late nineties to just not have it be about that right. conversation. Yeah, really. Right. Mm-hmm. It's this is just the course of events yeah. that led to this completely unique individual telling their story right. the only way they can, which is through music in these, shitty little seafood <laughs> restaurants yeah. across the country. Yeah. Like there's something so beautiful about the fact that Hedvig is telling this 
amazing story in the saddest places. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, another thing, too, is that it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, well, it's, a, it's a story about a trans character, but it's just written and produced by a bunch of, like, cis gay white men. But John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask both – in 2022, identify as non-binary. Mm-hmm. Stephen Trask on IMDb has he, him, she, her pronouns yeah. on their Instagram. And Stephen Trask identifies as non-binary today. So it's like the two people that are most involved in creating this character even now. You know, it's not that situation where it's like, oh, you know, looking back on it, what do these two know? Well, they did know something yeah, about yeah, it. Definitely so, onto something. Yeah, <laughs> We just didn't have the vocabulary. Exactly. Like, yes. The vocabulary they're using is limited because that's where we were at that time and place. But they were still kind of revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and Rent comes up a lot in Hedvig. And Angel was kind of a very mainstream or a little bit more mainstream just drag queen character. Right. On Broadway at the time. And it's just, it's interesting to see the juxtaposition and it's interesting to see that these characters were starting to emerge and starting to like take space. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. During that time. Yeah. And the whole conversation now is that Angel is more likely than not a trans character and not just a drag queen. Right. Yeah. Not just a drag, but not only a drag Mm -hmm. queen, but probably a trans woman. And used she pronouns. Right. Yeah. Like, very i don't think they ever refer to angel as a oh yeah no during the production Mm -hmm. and what's also interesting is looking at it through the lens of 2022 i feel like have you guys watched our flag means death yes so i feel like jim (laughs) took a lot of inspiration from it's absolutely like that look is pure Miriam shore in this movie yeah oh i have a lot i love Miriam shore in this movie same (laughs) and i remember when it finally clicked that Miriam shore was a A woman woman. (laughs) and i just remember being like huh and that also just sort of challenges you as the viewer that i kind of completely bought it yeah. Like, right. I completely just bought her as that character. And the brilliant thing is that the character was kind of created out of a need for like, a practical need. Yeah. You know, Stephen Trask, who, again, wrote the music, was like, well, we need a backup singer. And, and they wanted they, a, a voice uh, to compliment John. Yeah, against yep. John's voice, it should probably be a female backup singer. But we also need this roadie character. So, hey, why don't we do this? And it's just like it becomes so brilliant and such an integral part of the show and Hedvig's kind of journey as, you know, this kind of uh, tyrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it also – Itzhak is also forced into this yes. gender, yep. yeah. this, mm-hmm. this gendered role. And what's interesting is in the ending, they both kind of switch. Right. Yep. And again, and my tiny little 18 year old brain is like, oh, so gender means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. having this revelation in a tiny theater, yeah. where you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, it's all. A and concept. especially when you watch the movie, mm-hmm. it's so like, you're just like, oh, it's so avant garde. Like it's a, it's a cis female playing a male drag queen yeah and like at the end it's like oh yitzhak gets to finally become this like glamour this glamour drag queen there's like it's it's a it's a woman there's something how they style miriam (laughs) short in this movie that 
I think he's, I think she, he, she, like, <laughs> Yitzhak, that's what, Yitzhak, yeah. Yitzhak, I think Yitzhak is so pretty. Oh, oh for like Miriam yeah. and those close ups too. <laughs> like he is a very pretty man. I mean that mm-hmm. like yak hair yeah. wig or uh, that yak hair beard is like still it works even in mm-hmm. the close ups. You're not like because sometimes fake beards, yeah. and the, the lace front beard. Even we're not buying it. Sorry, America's Tyra. Next top model. Yeah, <laughs> but but what they've got going on with uh, with Miriam Shore that beard is working in like yeah. all of those shots, even in the close ups, and and she just has really pretty eyes, mm-hmm. and you're just like okay. Um, and again, yeah. this whole movie and the whole cast, and even seeing it on stage, makes you really confront your own sexuality. Oh, sure. Or you're yeah. just like, mm-hmm. what do I like? Yeah, I don't know. All of this, yes, everything. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing too. You know, when I did have my straight guy friends watch it, they and it's like you know, like with Scott's stepdad, it's the whole thing of you know when. And again, in the documentary, Mike Potter, who is the hair and makeup artist for Hedwig, kind of created the look and with John. Mike Potter kind of – he came from the squeeze box theater yeah. of just – he that, was From that scene. He was a part yeah. of that scene and yeah. he would hang out with a lot of drag queens. And he just sort of took on styling the look of Hedwig. Yeah. So he, he kind of mentioned that he wanted to make Hedwig scenes with Tommy – he wanted to make Hedvig look the most beautiful in those scenes. Mm-hmm. And those are the scenes when you're just like, wow, John Cameron Mitchell, you are a very pretty lady. Yeah. <laughs> and the wigs are a little more subdued. I mean, clearly there's still wigs and platinum and colors going on and flip hairstyles and all that. But they're still more subdued. You know, when it's when it's Hansel in just like some shake and go. Yeah. Very party city. Yeah, very party city. But and and but that's when but that's when John Cameron Mitchell looks like Mary Gross. And I love it. A little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, You know. But the scenes with Tommy are very, like, real girl in the early 2000s, late 90s. Like, that very dewy, Mm -hmm. kind of metallic-y makeup. With uh, the lip gloss. That Urban Decay lip gloss. (laughs) The babysitting look is really cute. Very. She has. With the the fanny pack? Hedwig has a little fanny pack. Mm -hmm. Sure, that's a good look. Um. I think Hedwig is is wearing a full Sergio Valente um, crop top, denim crop top, and yeah. and mini skirt in one scene. That babysitting gig was paying well. I mean, yeah, general spec. <laughs> he knew what was up. Um, Another thing that this movie introduced mm-hmm. me to when I was in high school that I am of the age that I was born in the eighties, so. The Berlin Wall came down when I was two years old. And I have to remind myself when I work with young people that have no memory of stuff like September 11th. Yeah. That I have to remember, (laughs) oh, yeah, you were young. Mr. Gorbachev. You were young when that happened. And that's kind of like the Berlin Wall for me of that. (laughs) This was a big world event. But I was just too young to remember. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the politics of the Eastern Bloc at this time, right. I really got from this movie that I don't think that I really thought. I had never really yeah, been introduced all that much outside of maybe like a history book that you really see that in a movie. But even then, I feel like all of our history books stopped at World War II sure. and right. didn't mm-hmm. go into the repercussions. Although in watching the movie and watching the scenes of the Berlin Wall fall down, my insane brain immediately went to how many pieces of the berlin wall do you think have been sold at garage sales oh sure because you could oh, buy sure. it like you could yeah, buy I remember, little I remember. chunks do you want this yeah. piece of graffiti I that. Yeah. right yep. 
And like they would sell them on TV, like yeah, with like a, a commemorative of plate. Authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I just was one like in the '90s. How many of those just got like passed around at garage sales? Mm-hmm. <laughs> love all of the I love all of the East Berlin scenes in this movie of Hevig growing up with his mom with his head in the oven. That little kid is a <laughs> so really precious. good actor. Like the fact that they got him to do that very awkward but fully committed dance, the dance scene yeah. on, on the, the bed. On the bed. Mm-hmm. Stunning. Yeah. Amazing. That's just little kids dancing. You just put on anything and they'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he was great. All those scenes Teaching uh, sculpture to limbless children. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Cracks me up every time. The the this is so funny. The dialogue is so good. And John Cameron Mitchell just has this deadpan delivery of these mm-hmm. lines that I'm just like every time I watch, I'm just like, oh my God. This is so well, great. When he's talking about the gummy bears mm-hmm. and talking about like going back to safer <laughs> monochromatic sugary yeah. treats and just like the row of rainbow carnage. Like, yeah. he is doing this so beautiful good. monologue yeah. literally about dropping uh, gummy bears. Yes. <laughs> and it's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow carnage in my wig. Yeah, all that shit, all that dialogue is so smart. It's smart. It's funny. All of Hedwig's stand-up bits when he's at his gig. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, do you like the pelt? I want you to be honest because some bitch... Stop me on the way in. What poor unfortunate creature had to die for you to wear that? My Aunt Trudy, I replied. Just walked away. Walked away, ladies and gentlemen. What? Yeah, we, what? Can we disable yes, it now? Can, yeah. I am thrilled. You can join me for the fabulous first night of the St. Louis leg of my world tour. And when it comes to huge openings, a lot of people think of me. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, that's John Cameron Mitchell writing the book. Like yeah, right. Stephen Trash yeah. did music and lyrics, but right. that's all John Cameron Mitchell writing the book. Yeah. And impressive yeah. for like literally his first go round. Yeah. And how much, and you know, this, I mean, this material had years and years to be workshopped yeah. and run and all that. So how much of it has just come up on the spot? Maybe things, you know, things get changed and tweaked and all that. Because like you said, the original off-Broadway production is ostensibly a one-man show. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And again, the person playing Itzhak gets to sing, and it's really interesting, too, because they don't focus on it as much in the film, Mm -hmm. but Midnight Radio, the... the person playing Itzhak gets to sing a lot more of it. Okay. Kind stage. of remember that. So when we saw this on stage, we saw it with Darren Chris. And I remember okay, going yeah. into it being like, I don't know if the kid from Glee is really going to handle this. Yeah. And I was thoroughly impressed yeah, by him. Yeah, we both were. So, and then I also do not care for Michael C. Hall's vocals. I know that he won the Tony, <laughs> but I feel like if you would have put anyone in that role for a Broadway production of Hedwig, they would have won the Tony. They probably would have won it. Yeah. And I mean, like, when the Broadway was cast was kind of like churning every six to eight months, yeah. I did contemplate taking a flight to New York to see Tay Diggs do it. Right. Tay that Diggs. was the yeah. person I was mm-hmm. most interested in. Tay Diggs would have been interesting. Yeah. Um, also, Michael C. Hall, I know, was well, a big one. Well, that's the one you said you didn't like. That. Yeah. Oh, no, I was... Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking... Neil Patrick Harris. You meant Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, I'm sorry. I was was thinking of 
Neil Patrick Harris. I've actually have never heard Michael Z. Hall's vocals. I mean, I didn't even I didn't catch that. Thanks. No, it's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. No, and the Neil Patrick Harris again. He just he has a great stage voice, but it's designed for that very traditional yeah. musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you can get away with not being the best Broadway singer, and it's probably better right, if you're right. not the best Broadway singer yeah, yeah. to take on this part, even though John Cameron Mitchell definitely got started in more traditional oh, musicals. Yep. Yeah. Like, I had a crush on him when I was 12, and he was doing The Secret, Secret Garden. Garden. <laughs> like, fully in love. Yeah. Starting my very long tradition of falling in love with <laughs> queer men. Yeah. and But that's also the great thing about this show, is that I could bring in people who maybe would not be impressed with a Broadway musical. Sure. And my friends who are very rock and roll and very, you know, just like, I don't know about this. And they're just like, wow, that music was great. And it didn't sound, and it wasn't the Neil Patrick Harris, you know, uh, recording, which is like very, you know, and by, I think by the time the movie came around, John had been doing it for so long that it's yeah. like, okay, we, he went from here to here. I did also see it with Ali Sheedy. Playing oh, oh I want to hear Goodness about that. Gracious. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating because they made some choices that just kind of didn't work. So like there's a way to play with gender roles and putting a female in the part Mm -hmm. that they just kind of didn't think about or focus on. So in the end of the stage show and in the movie in a different way, like Hedvig is confronting Tommy yeah, and like kind of coming to the realization that they are the same. And in the stage show, it's done as him basically transforming into Tommy. And so when Ali Sheedy is doing it, she takes off her shirt, but there was a very clear, like, bando top. Right, right. The braver choice yeah. would have been to be completely topless because now yeah. you're calling attention to the fact that this is a female body and it's yeah. very gendered. And we're back in the binary because we have to cover her nipples. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Which again, she is not a busty no, woman. Yeah, yeah. So like, it so very it much worked. could have worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the only other issue was she was not a strong singer. Okay. So the the parts where she's acting, yeah, great. Like felt very raw, felt very real. The singing parts, okay, just not that great. All right, all right. It was interesting, interesting when yeah. the documentary goes into the lists of Hedwig's from the off-Broadway production that replaced John, because I think it was very up in the air at the time when John was about to leave of, is the show going to continue on? Like, is this role John Cameron Mitchell? And Well, I and, think they were mm-hmm. in a weird space of how much of this is a drag persona that John has created. Yeah. And it's like... Can he hand it off you to know, other You know, like, is there, is, is, uh, I don't know, like, is, what drag, like... A drag character, you know, is it the person creating this character and how, you know, and can we Right, have so could, else like, do it? Bianca Del Rio right. hand off mm-hmm. the Bianca Del right. Rio persona? The, yeah. yeah. It's, or, like, the search for the next Elvira kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they try and do these, these things. But I think at the end of the day, like, and the decision was this is... Now this is a show. Now this yeah. is bigger than John now, doing a drag now character. Now Hedwig is, a, is like yeah. a, an established character and yeah. it can be handed off to other people. Other actors that have done Hedwig in that off-Broadway production, Michael uh, Siverus. Michael Siverus. Yeah. Siverus from, I think that 
his big roles on Broadway were Tommy and Titanic. And I think that kind of brought a lot of Broadway Craig Hedwig that you can put in a established Broadway actor in this role. And it would be very well received with the theater crowd because that's the thing is that at the time, the theater crowd in Broadway was kind of distancing themselves from something like this just because it was so outside of the box. This was kind of at the beginning of the the big transition. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you follow the chronology of, like, the major trends of Broadway, it's, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein going into, like, Stephen Sondheim. Then it was supposed to go into Jonathan Larson. Like, that was the right, next right, logical yeah. step. <laughs> Unfortunately, he passed away after one show. Right. So there was kind of this void of what does Broadway become. Sure. And so... Jumping off of that, Hedvig is this tiny little underground... helped bridge it. Yeah, thing where it was very much the next generation. Like I said, all the theater school kids were there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that... So young people got it. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. we were, you know, we were poised to be the ones taking over Broadway. Right, right. that's what was forming our opinion. Okay. But there's still the, you know the older crowd that are like season ticket holders that are yeah. just like, what is this? Nonsense? I mean, it's, it's why Phantom <laughs> of the Opera and Cats right. and Les Mis yeah. run forever yeah. Yeah. because it's like, okay, the flyover states are going to love it. But mm. like, but like real talk, are we going to fly to New York around April when Phantom closes? <laughs> just so we can see it one last <laughs> see time. those last performances. <laughs> you know, I'm good. We can see it down here at the, um, like the La Habra Playhouse. <laughs> sure. Like, I'll yeah. just walk through the Americana under that giant yeah. chandelier. I'll sing a few bars in and the, be done. In the parking garage. Yeah. Other Hedwigs that are worth kind of noting. Donovan. Uh, Donovan Leach. Leach. Yes. Mm-hmm. He had a big run. Kevin Calhoun. I believe Kevin Calhoun was in The Lion King. He was mm-hmm. the, he was one of the. He's one of the hyenas in The Lion King. Uh, Asa Summers, and it's funny when Mike Potter talks about Asa Summers in that documentary, and he talks about how beautiful that Hedwig was. He described it as it was like Kirstie Alley in drag. I thought that was funny. And then uh, Matt McGrath, and those were kind of the big off-Broadway ones. Sure. And um, Donovan Leach, I remember this was post kind of like the national tour of the off because i think that they did the off-broadway stuff but like around didn't they tour with it i think they did it came to la for a minute and i remember um at one point this was after the movie there was about a month of performances at the roxy in west hollywood and it was donovan leach oh okay yeah and that would be a cool venue to see right yeah wouldn't that be amazing? Like a small rock club? Mm-hmm. Like that's the perfect venue. Yeah, and you were that. you were mentioning of just how for you this type of show isn't as successful in a venue as big. Yeah, and I mean I feel like there are a lot of shows like that where it works better in a smaller venue. And yeah, you can absolutely translate it into a bigger theater and put more butts in seats, which is what all the money people want. Yeah. But there's something so different about like it being in a tiny space and like Mm -hmm. seeing the sweat on the person and like hearing every little movement that they make and every little breath. And, you know, it's just, it makes it that much more personal. Mm -hmm. Like Hedwig is very much speaking to every member of the audience. We're all close enough to like 
smell what brand of detergent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's the nature of the show. And I think that's what when you watch the footage, you get to see, like, especially at the Jane Street, just how he would, you know, talk about the theater and just it, it just seems like something that you want to be close up or mm-hmm. you know, like a dinner theater kind of a situation. Um the pictures of Asa Summers as Hedvig, it looks like John, first of all. Just <laughs> Yeah, oh, like oh, that's just like I would just think that's John, but he does look like, yeah, I can see Kirstie Alley in there. That's funny. <laughs> that red lip is everything, though. Like immediately after seeing it, I was like, yes, must do that red lip I all the time think with the, glitter. With I glitter. think <laughs> the face is really interesting when you look at how they paint. Now, listen well, to me. Like I'm talking, like I'm like an actual like paint. It's the. Yeah. Do you remember when? Um, Miss Cracker and uh, who won that season? Um, won Aquaria. Aquaria. Miss Cracker and Aquaria kind of got into a mini fight because they did the same face. Oh, yeah. And it's the worried eyebrows. Sure. Yep. That's the eyebrow that Hedvig has, mm-hmm. on, you know, at, in the main performances. I was like, that's that eyebrow. Where it's just, it's kind of drawn that way. Um I see a lot of Jackie Beat's face. Absolutely. I mean, Jackie Beat just has a very iconic way that she does her makeup. And it's the eyes. It's the mm-hmm. eyebrow. It's the eyebrow. Then, it's, yeah. sort of, it, it's sort of the cheek, too. It's a little bit of the hair. I mean, Hedvig has a cut crease. Mm-hmm. And the, it's, it's the crease in the cheek, and it's the same one at the eye that goes back. What we noticed, too, was that when John was making the movie, his bangs were bleached. And then his hair is like just dark brown. And I just thought that was a fun, quirky choice for John Cameron Mitchell. Yeah. But it's because they're hard front wigs. Yeah. It's sure. 2001 you can, you and they're hard front of, wigs. Oh, so that's wigs just, were you can <laughs> You can sort of build, build so that's just, John's hairline into the wig. He's not really building the hairline of the wig. It's just because he moves so much in the performance that it's, his hair just comes out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like when it does, it's already blonde. That's yeah. already platinum. So, you know, you're just like, oh, well, your, your eye doesn't just go right to it. Like, oh, that wig's awful. It's just like there's a little bit of natural hair coming out. But, How uh, many early 2000s drag queens do you think just sat at their mirror with wig <laughs> in a box on a loop? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. this is their moment. They feel seen. Getting out those. Uh, I love wig in a box. Getting out those toilet paper rolls to try to make how Hedwig's hair curls. To make oh, yeah. the big, mm-hmm. the big Farrah. Yeah. The wings, the Farrah wings. Yeah. Um, or soda cans. Well, another thing, too, is that, again, this is pre-drag race, so we don't have all these ideas of drag costumes and things. And in Wig in a Box, when the side of the trailer comes down and becomes a stage, Hedwig comes out and they're now the whole band comes out and they're all in kind of like a heightened stylized yeah. costume. It's their, it's their music video. Looks. And Hedwig mm-hmm. is wearing a two piece outfit. That's completely made of hair. Very Chris March. From Project Runway. And that is the first time. And that was just like, holy shit. I had never seen clothing made of like hair Mm -hmm. wefts from like. Well, and and now there's like a whole challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But where is the hair? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hair challenges, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And, you know, wefts of of wigs and and all that. But, yeah, at the time you're just like, is that that hair? Yeah. Is that is that bra made of hair? <laughs> it's like, what the hell? And it was like gloves and boots 
and it was like a top and a mini skirt and like all and then the and the long the long hair blonde the hair that flows it. into it yeah oh yeah laid wig get like Gandalf the white not Gandalf the gray <laughs> and again this is very much when I as a cis straight woman am starting to look at drag queens like but I want to look like her. She's so pretty <laughs> because, you know, I didn't want to look like any of the quote unquote drag queens from Tu Wong Fu. Right. They all looked like buff dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But again, seeing Hedvig, I'm like, I could, I could do that. We could do this. That's yeah. <laughs> That's another thing that they comment on is that John Cameron Mitchell just is a uh, sample size. Yeah. He has model proportions. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's just sample size. So he can just. They can just get close. She is off the rack. pretty. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably mention that this movie's costume designer is Arian Phillips, and she is one of my favorite working costume designers right now. I mean, she did um, – she's worked with Madonna a lot. She mm-hmm. she did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. So she's gone on to have a very successful wow. career. Okay. And can we talk about how John Cameron Mitchell was 40 when they were doing that? Because that man is 60 right now. What? Yeah. Oh, I, really? Okay, so oh my, my friend and I God. were watching the Joe Exotic show, Holy which he un- does not look good in, but no, I was right. like, how old is he? He's 60. That man is wow. 60 years old and looks wow. wonderful. Yeah, timeless. <laughs> I would not have thought. Jeez Louise. He's made a deal with some sort of demon, oh, and I'm jealous. Goodness. I was just gonna, th- I was thinking this entire time, like, I gotta check the dates. Yeah. <laughs> John Cameron Mitchell, born 63. Wow. How do you like that? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one so thing- he's fully like 40 when he's making this movie. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. And, just, and yeah. energetic. And again, like twink little body. Yeah. Like, And in all the special features and behind the scenes and the documentary and stuff, you're like, oh, he looks so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 40. Looks like, looks like a little baby. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. 40. <laughs> wow. Um. One of the things that we we just watched this movie right before the recording. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is really successful when I revisit this movie that I think that you can overlook when watching this movie is I think the band is really successful. Uh, Stephen Trask, who helped write the music, is yes. just the guitar player and also the drummer. The like, drummer is doing things silently yes, in the background yes. in every, every scene <laughs> that are it's killing. Yeah. It's, Michael Oranoff. and he only wears short short shorts. Mm-hmm. He mesh only tops. wears mesh tops, crop tops, and a three inch inseam shorty shorts. Yeah, the entire movie. And randomly has a baby. And oh, a baby. I mean, but he's that guy <laughs> in the rock band of like a touring rock band that, of course, he has kids. And yeah. also mm-hmm. in the laundromat scene, he's just fully in like oh, briefs. Yeah, oh, yeah, because they're washing clothes. He's stripped so. down to his. He stripped down to his little bikini briefs so because he needs be to wash his pants. Hanging out in the laundromat for an hour. Having dated touring musicians, <laughs> that felt very real. Right. Probably one of the first times I ever knew not to put a bra in a dryer. I did not know that. It warps. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, and again, I lose a lot of my women cred when I'm like, sometimes I'm tired and the bra it. goes in the dryer. Like, it just has to, guys. The, um,. One of the guitarists in this movie, I believe he's the bass player. He, um, his character's name is uh, Yatsik or Jacek. Uh, his name is Ted Lisinski. Uh, I remember. Is he the blonde? It's like orange. Like, or, yeah. or it's like it's bleachy bleached blonde out and, then and then it's different orange colors. Tapes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing him uh, post, I think 
before the movie and then after the movie, he uh, would bartend at a lot of uh, L.A. Like, oh, interesting. Okay. Venues. Yeah. I was like, that's a bass player from Havoc. <laughs> I also liked that the band would randomly eat out of the salad bar yeah, at the sure. restaurant they're performing in, <laughs> yes. which also felt very real, yeah. very touring music- musician to me. Probably probably part of their pay. Yeah. Just yeah. like, so we can pay you less, just have some salad bar. We have not at all mentioned... Andrew Martin. I was going to say Andrew Martin, a character that is not in the stage show, and she's no. kind of a fun addition yes. to the movie as yes. the character of Phyllis, Phyllis who is the manager. manager. I mean, I would trust Andrea Martin managing my life. Oh, hell yeah. Like, that is... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm right book, there. Book the gigs. Mm-hmm. I'll show up. You just do, do it and... <laughs> yeah, there may be some chaotic energy mixed in, yeah. but, like, stuff's yeah. going to get done. Yeah, yeah. So funny, so great. There's some lines where they're talking in hotel rooms and you can hear her saying, like, any Bilgewaters in the country? We can play on 24 hours notice. Kind of, like, exposition stuff. And she does get that beautiful moment with Itzhak Mm -hmm. when Hedvig is ripping up the passport. Yeah. And, like, she is the voice of reason and it's a little bit, again, chaotic and kind of flighty. But when it comes down to, like, the emotional moment, she's right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being like the mother hen. Yeah. I don't think you need me anymore. Yeah. But just another she's got character. Her, her Bluetooth headset like the entire time, like finger on the finger on the ear. But just a, another character that's really important to this material's adaption to a movie because she just expands yeah. the universe yeah. of Hedwig. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also some really great – I mean speaking of like the band and um, – and Andrea Martin and all of that. There's some really f- great set design in the hotel rooms. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lot to look up. There's a lot to look at on all those walls. Yeah. And I feel like they get smaller. Yes, they do. Like <laughs> as the tour is progressing and they're going to bigger and bigger cities, the, the hotel rooms get smaller and smaller. The passport scene that is a closet. Yeah. And they're all in there, and the pizza guy mm-hmm. watching. Watching this crazy moment. But the very first hotel room we see after Tear Me Down. Covered in wigs. There is a wig. I love that image. Every- yeah. I love a hotel room <laughs> just, just covered in wigs. Wig heads mm-hmm. and blonde. Also and another. Probably Mike was just. They were just like get every wig you have in that trailer. And put it on a wig head and put it in this room. Also right another now. fun image that you couldn't have gotten on stage. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it just it adds layers to everybody's character. Mm-hmm. It adds layers to Hedvig that she travels to these yeah. rinky dink places <laughs> yeah. in the middle of nowhere with forty five wigs. Yeah. And just it's not like petting it. Yes. I mean, yes. it's it's a beautiful moment. Yeah. And also what I, I imagine that mood. like Trixie Mattel's <laughs> house looks like mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. I was looking up the drag race queens that have played this character on stage. Jinx Monsoon. Of course. And uh, Davina Del Campo from Drag Race UK. Really? All done. Okay. Oh, I feel on like stage. Davina would mm-hmm. kill. Yeah. Davina, I think, is a pretty big actress. She's been Mary Sunshine in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I think. And she sings mm-hmm. really well, too. Yeah. They didn't do UK, hun. They did... <laughs> she has the one that I don't listen to. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's um, the Frock Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> but she's not in the Frock Destroyer. She's in the other. Wait, is she in the Frock Destroyer? Yes, she is. Oh, yeah, because she's season one. <laughs> yeah. yeah um... But it is funny to see, like, the, whether intentional or not, so many drag queens have pulled from Hedvig. Yeah. And a lot of times it probably mm-hmm. is intentional, but 
all I kept thinking was like, how many times did Willem Belli watch this movie and paint his face? I mean, yeah. And, and outfits, inspiration, the fur coat with the, with the paint on it. I mean, it's just kind of like a, a a lazy drag staple now, but I mean, (laughs) but it's funny. It's pretty funny. It's Mm -hmm. funny. Although someone did it on UK drag race, like two weeks ago with Cheddar Gorgeous and I stunning, like well done. Yeah, I mean, well, Jenna Gorgeous is kind of an amazing drag queen. So beautiful. Um, But yeah, I mean, all the corny jokes just work so well. And I think just John's delivery of all of them is just so wonderful. Yeah. Um, And that's why you had to have an actor for this role. Like You had to have someone that was very familiar with kind of stage work. John's probably done yeah. a little bit of stand-up, too. So all of that helps to form What poor character. creature had to die, my Aunt Trudy, I replied. Mm-hmm. Like, all that. Oh, the, again, back to the tire scene. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the one-liner on top of one-liners. Yes. Yeah. Mainly the jobs we call blow. <laughs> the one line that I think that all three of us cackled at was, we're talking to Phil Collins people, but then again... Aren't, Aren't we, we all? <laughs> we are talking to <laughs> Phil Collins's people. And everybody in the audience, ooh. <laughs> but then again, aren't we all? And that's the, same, that's the same scene. That song was written by Kurt Cobain, everyone. Now he's got a future. Got one. That mm-hmm. and it's also the scene with her Korean army wife <laughs> backup band, which is yes. just so cool. a beautiful uh, little <laughs> detail. Yeah. So good. Yeah, also, because at that point, Hedvig was still living on the army base, yeah. like in the... Well, and also just sort of Hedwig's context. had a lot of uh, different sort of transitions in his his climb up. Right. Like right. this is like, there's, this is just like a certain section of Hedwig's life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that too, because it's like we go from, you know, young Hansel in East Berlin and, you know, when, when Luther... Leaves him with that little teeny twink carrying the suitcases on the same day that the Berlin Wall falls down. Yeah. You're just like, oh, oh fuck. Well, and then you go straight God. into Wig in a Box. Yeah. And the first two verses are, I, again, I think it's it's quieter. It's softer. It's sad. Yeah. And but also universal. And I think that's what's really smart about this movie yeah. is that you're coming from a character who has a life story unlike anyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's completely universal in a lot of ways. It can speak to everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, then just the idea of Hedvig kind of saying, okay, this is my life now. I, you know, I'm. A divorcee, you know, <laughs> I'm living in this weird, tiny Kansas town. In a trailer with a porta potty outside. Yeah. 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 And so, and he's just, and he says, I went back to my first love, music. Yeah. And, and young Hansel was listening to Lou Reed and David Bowie and Debbie Boone and mm-hmm. Captain and Tennille and all that. So we established that Hansel loved music and now Hedvig is going to kind of. And Murray. Who is actually who is actually a Canadian, <laughs> working in America, working in, America. in the American idiom. And that song "Wig in a Box" is such a ride because you're at such a low point 
where it starts. Yeah. And by the end of that song, you're fucking rocking. And Hedwig turns into a rock star. And Hedwig yeah. turns like, okay, into a rock star. Can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is where Tommy finally comes in when we when we finally meet Tommy, played by Michael Pitt. What's your history with Michael Pitt? I remember when I was fake, young. Fake Leo. Fake Leo, kind of the the <laughs> you B, know what my history the was B Leo DiCaprio, but he used to do you it know, for me when I was it, young. I was gonna say, you know what it is? That stupid French movie, The Dreamers. It's The Dreamers. The Dreamers. Oh my yeah. god, uh, that's Danger- another one of those ones where Dangerous your mind cousins? is like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what is my Man, sexuality? I remember when that movie came out. My sexuality is those three. I remember exactly. when, those when that three. movie came out when I was a freshman and college that i was taking film classes yeah we were studying stuff like the french new wave and me just thought this movie was so fucking cool and yeah. i remember it's dangerous cousins it's dangerous cousins and that is a movie that really <laughs> delivers on the full frontal male nudity. oh, oh yeah good i mean mm-hmm. the french do not care <laughs> no <laughs> but and- it's also just <laughs> you're not quite sure like should i be aroused by yeah, this yeah, yeah. maybe not but also <laughs> yes and i know that um and i know that director now is very problematic but oh. i think all three of those actors seem pretty into it yeah so <laughs> i think i think we can like the dreamers <laughs> and again like i feel like he michael pitt was making really interesting yes, choices yes, yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah he did mainstream stuff but then mm-hmm. he would go off and do Hedvig and the Dreamers and yeah. you know the weird Gus Van Sant Kurt Cobain movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of boring last days not kind of a kind of a chore to sit through <laughs> I remember from the Dreamers uh Louis Garel who plays Theo the other guy who's the who's the other yeah. like sibling mm. I used to think he was so the cute. Brother. Nothing bad to look at. In movie. <laughs> like it's it's all good. The visuals are wonderful. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the thing was at this time it was like okay, he's he's uh, diet Leo DiCaprio, and then my other thing was how are those pants staying on in that last scene in the movie? I mean, how did any of our pants <laughs> stay on in the early two thousands? So and like, why are they bringing that back? So it low. makes me so sad. <laughs> I mean, as a woman with hips who's had hips since she was 12 like i never got into that look because physics right but yeah i mean double-sided tape yeah <laughs> oh you don't Prayers, know where the zipper was, was holding, yeah on that thing <laughs> i mean i feel like you don't need a zipper it yeah, would be yeah, an yeah. inch and a half long <laughs> it's almost that mariah carey look where she cut off the from the loops well, on the jeans well, all the way around. There's a scene, there's the scene in the Hedwig movie where, where yeah. Hedwig sort of gives him his he's doing that rock star lessons, yeah. and he does that. Yeah, he gives him Mariah Carey pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An important transition for all of us into yes. adulthood. Is, you know, I mean, and you know, good for Michael Pitt for doing this movie. You know, just straight actors like, okay, I'll do that. Because I mean, at the end of the day, like John Cameron Mitchell is, you know, is a man playing this character, and so. Um, and he was a young, up-and-coming actor, so you know maybe some people might have said, "Hey, this might not be the best thing for your career." But well, he and went even for it. just yeah. the fact that he was willing to do scenes of physical intimacy, mm-hmm. yeah, with I mean, especially at that time, like you could get away with saying terrible homophobic right. stuff yeah, yeah. in a casting room in Hollywood, and everybody would be like, "Oh yeah, no, that makes sense." Yeah. Why would you want to kiss another man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, and, you know, and especially at the beginning of your career, yeah. And yeah. not only that's that, a bold that, choice. Yeah, not only is it like another man playing this character, but then it's a trans character, so it's like you know, there's a lot of stuff going on that could have been mm-hmm. like maybe you don't want to touch this. 
Um, I mean, that's probably why he followed up this movie with Murder by Numbers by with Sandra Bullock, just because his agent was like, "We need to get you. In, <laughs> we need, we need to get you in something studio. to balance this yeah, out." Okay. I hope that Michael Pitt's doing okay now. I know that he was having a tough mental health break this past summer. I did not know that. Yeah, I think that there was some kind of mental health issues that I was reading on TMZ. Oh. So I hope that he gets well, better. We'll look that up. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's good in this movie. The Tommy character is interesting because uh, you know, like you said, you, we don't really see Tommy in the show. It's he's referenced. Mm-hmm. And so for the character to kind of be in the movie, it's like um not a gamble or a risk. You have to kind of you know, include it, but I I think it worked out. The character worked out well for the for the story. Do you know what? Another thing that I was struck with this watch, and you can't say it about a lot of independent movies from this time in the early 2000s, is this movie looks – It looks good. Really good. Yeah, it looks like it a does. real movie. It looks yeah. like a real movie. Yeah. It's not shitty digital camera work. Yeah. I mean I'm assuming this is shot on film because it looks like it film looks when you're watching yeah, it. Like but there's something about watching certain independent movies from this time that – have not aged well in the looks department. I'm looking at you 28 days later in pieces (laughs) of April that they're just kind of shot on digital video and they do not look great when you revisit it. And this movie still looks amazing. Well, and shout out to the DP for getting that look of a chain restaurant in the Midwest and getting that lighting and getting that coloring, but not making it look cheap and also using the same space for all of those scenes and it's not entirely obvious that it's the same space like how we how he lights it how they shoot it how they set dress it you can't even tell that they were shooting in the same restaurant and they mentioned that the idea was that they were going to have a different location for each of Hedwig's gigs like he would be playing at a restaurant like a seafood restaurant a bowling alley a casino airport but just lounge. An, air- yeah. an airport lounge but just logistics for making an independent movie you couldn't really do that so they had to work with one or two spaces for all of that yeah that's one of the first things you learn about independent uh, film production <laughs> is that uh, locations are going to eat up all of your yeah. budget uh, so get creative yeah yeah. And uh, I'm surprised that they were able to swing I Will Always Love You. Well, it's, in, and it's also interesting. <laughs> That's probably the most expensive shot. In yeah. But, so. but also, I don't know a lot about music rights, but it Maybe it because it's a cover. A little di- I mean, it's definitely the song, but it also sounds a little different. It's a cover, so yeah. it was probably a lot of money, but not like you're pulling they weren't pulling Whitney, Whitney or even Dolly or Dolly yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, yeah so maybe there is a discount mm-hmm. <laughs> for doing a cover it's like or for all of it. yeah. it's like girls just want to have fun when it's in yeah night of the comet yeah. or the movie girls just want to have fun yeah it's like the not discount the, not the Cindy version it's the discount version of it yeah yeah totally cuz yeah i was like oh they really got that <laughs> um but yeah their scenes together are really uh Tommy and Hedwig's scenes are really sweet the and there's some really cool shots with them too. Yeah. yeah. Um, because like we said, the, the DP did this really cool stuff with, with bilge waters. Um, and they did really cool stuff with Hedvig's tiny trailer. Yeah. Yeah. They did stuff with Tommy and Hedvig where like the door opened up and the camera pushed out and it was like this meadow behind them as they're like making out and it's all windy. That really cool shot of the like, 
hanging laundry forest that they're walking through. Yeah. You know, they made some really fun choices with uh, the camera work and the, and the cinematography that just kind of. Well, and I like that they so much interest. switched back from like a very real reality, like yeah. a very you you can smell that restaurant, yeah, to this idealized fantasy of yeah. when she's looking back at things, and you know the trailer yeah. does go out into a meadow, or it turns into a rock stage, or whatever it is. But you're yeah. allowed these moments of like high fantasy, yeah. And there's some kind of moments that are a little. Um, I mean, there's a lot of heightened moments in this movie, really. <laughs> so I guess it get, kind of gives a little bit of leeway when, you know, there are moments like Luther and Hedvig's mother talking about getting married and like, oh, well, you know, I think the best thing to do is to like... You have to leave a piece of yourself behind yeah, to yeah. move forward. And, and Hedvig's face is just like, yeah. this bit, what? Like, yeah. what his face is a little to me, it's a little like almost he doesn't look at the camera, I don't think. Well, it's but he so might odd. as well be looking at the camera, like, what? <laughs> you guys hearing this? Yeah, yeah. I thought that you were going to talk about when he, when he uh, dives in the crowd and he's flying. Yeah, but I mean, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then all the musical performances are always like way heightened. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, I think because they're able to do that, then there are scenes that are a little bit quieter. That John's de- John's delivery or performance can be a little bit more winky. Yeah, and that scene where he is talking to his mother and Luther, like he goes through a cascade of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He starts off yeah. so happy because yeah. he's like, "Oh, Luther's going to marry me, mm-hmm. and he's going to take me to America, and I'm going to yeah. use your passport, and it's all going to be fine." To we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna take something you really like, <laughs> and it's not gonna be good. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. watching his facial expressions. So, and we've we discussed this before, and that's what's interesting about talking about this movie in terms of a trans story. Yeah, that it doesn't quite fit in that box. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I kind of love that gender and sexuality, and you know. The, the transition story, mm-hmm. none of it fits in a box. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't really mm-hmm. define anybody's sexuality. Yeah. You can't really define journey. anybody's gender. Yeah. It's all just, it's forcing you to confront your preconceived notions because yeah. your brain is going to try and put it into a box of like, mm-hmm. that is a man in a relationship with a woman, therefore straight. Right. Or, you right. know, and like, there, there's just no allowance for yeah. that in this movie. Yeah. And if you see something like, Hedvig and Itzhak in a bed under the covers and Hedvig is like dry upping Itzhak from behind. Mm-hmm. Fully dressed. Fully dressed. And this is like this crazy kind of kind of subversive imagery going on. But at the end of the day, it's a cis man and a cis woman. So maybe the like Christian fundamentalists would be okay with that scene, right? It's like yeah. it's like the most subversive yeah. heterosexual sex scene yeah. you've ever yeah. seen. It's, yeah. it's weirdly layered. Yeah, it's so layered. You're just like, well, at the, you know, when it, when it all comes down to it, that's what they want. And again, like none of it feels particularly sexy. Like, it's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, it, that like none of the the sex feels mm-hmm. passionate or sexy. Yeah. None of the love feels completely real or earned or meant so again it's forcing you to kind of deal with people use each other yeah like Mm -hmm. 
in yeah, whatever be- way they can. Because even in those really sweet scenes with Tommy, he still has not come to terms with what's going on with Hedwig. And also, Tommy is pretty much a, like, young. So yeah. it's, of course, he's Kid, not going to... Yeah. Uh, young and super religious. His, and, yeah, yeah. You know. Of course, he's going to be scared of all of this. Yeah. yeah. At one point, yeah, and at one point, she says, like, I laid it out. I told him the whole story. And he was just like... <laughs> yeah, he became intimately familiar with the back of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is funny, but also heartbreaking yeah. if you yes. think about mm-hmm. it for more than 30 seconds. Yeah. And you also have to wonder, like, how many queer people have been in that exact right. situation sure. where mm-hmm. it's like some part of your brain loves this person and is attracted to them, but yeah. the rigorous beliefs you were raised under convince you that you're not and so mm-hmm. like you're just balancing it out by like well if i don't kiss them if i don't touch yes. them that yeah, way yeah, yeah, yeah. then i'm not queer yeah yeah so it's it jesus doesn't mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally it's 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 not gay to top <laughs> <laughs> well you know you know <laughs> If it's oral, it doesn't yeah, count it as doesn't losing count, our virginity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we know about we know about the Mormons and their um soaking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um so all that <laughs> Yeah. So uh all the loopholes they've got. For the soundtrack, what are your favorite songs? Off the, I mean there's so oh, many great songs goodness. in the soundtrack, but just kind of um, what are your favorites off the soundtrack? I love Wig in a Box. Like Wig that, in a Box is yeah. a great song. Um it's kind of weird because, again, like I started with the Broadway or off-Broadway soundtrack. Yeah. So there's a song called The Long Grift. Yep. And that is one of my all-time favorites. I can sit there and cry to that so whenever is, I wait want. Wait a minute. Is The Long Grift – oh, no. It's – Tommy sings it in the movie, but there's there's but no – there's, no, the there's no yeah. Hedwig vocals in it. Yeah. I, yeah. See, and also I grew up on – the yeah. stage soundtrack yeah. so that has that the version, yeah. ha- that has the John vocals, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's a longer version, and like there's just lyrically there's a lot of songs in this where again you can find moments where it's so relatable just to the human experience, right? And if you've ever been in love, if you've ever dated anyone, no matter what that relationship model looks like, you can relate to mm-hmm. those songs, or even if you're just sad one day and you just put on we're gonna box. <laughs> yeah. In your iTunes, and you're immediately in better spirits when the song ends. Well, because mm-hmm. and I think it's great because it allows you to be sad for two yeah. verses, mm-hmm. and then you can be really <laughs> happy and become a rock star by the end of the song. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, but those two are my like favorites. I think that I I agree. Um, Wig in a box. Uh, the long grift are really good, and also Midnight Radio is just such a beautiful oh, yeah. song too, and it's a great closer for the movie. Yeah, because it it calls back to, like, it literally name checks yeah. Yeah. female yeah. musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hedvig and in the stage production, more Yitzhak get to put themselves in that right. pantheon. I love when he's naming them all and at the end he goes, and me. <laughs> yeah, and that look of, like, I dare you to argue with the fact that I am a rock star. Pete, what are your favorite... Um, Song the I love Tear Me Down. Tear Me Down's good. I love mm-hmm. Tear Me Down and Origin of Love. Yeah. Those are yeah, those are my two favorites. At, at some point in my life I'm gonna get the Origin of Love tattoo. Yeah. Like yeah, I just yeah, that yeah. little it's the great. two faces on yeah, his the head. Circle with the two, I want yeah. it. Yeah. Um you know, and it's so funny too, because again, watching 
the documentary so much and then listening to the soundtrack so much. And then you watch the movie and Tommy's vocal is Stephen Trask. Oh, interesting. In the movie. To kind of differentiate that, you know. I was about to ask, wait, yeah. does he play does he play Tommy like in the stage version? But then I kind of yeah. remember how they adapted there this. There really is no Tommy. There really is no version. Tommy's yeah. off screen. Yeah. Or like he's but, off stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you listen to the soundtrack and it's Wicked Little Town Tommy Gnosis version, it's Steven's voice. Mm-hmm. And then it's Steven's voice coming, you know, Michael Pitt's lip syncing. So it's kind of – it's funny because like you know that that's not Michael Pitt's singing. And I, and I know that that's I don't Steven's think that voice. I knew it wasn't Michael Pitt's singing. Yeah. But it makes total sense though. Yeah, yeah. Wicked Little Town is another really great song. It is. And – so during quarantine and lockdown, um, they did a thing called Digital Drag. Mm-hmm. And it was like a weekly drag show, but everybody was just basically like filming themselves yeah. in their bathroom doing yeah. drag. Zoom drag, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend and I became obsessed with it and would get very stoned and watch it. It was amazing. <laughs> but a queen did this beautiful like performance art piece to Wicked Little Town. Okay. And it's like... I'll have to dig it up, but it's one of the <laughs> best things I've ever seen. I love uh, Miriam's backup vocals in that, oh, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, kind of going on to our favorite things in the movie, what is our favorite Hedwig looks in this movie? Because Hedwig kind of turns out yeah. the outfits in this movie. Like, Ariana Phillips had a fun time costuming John. What are, your, what are some of your yeah. favorites? I mean, definitely the the music festival look. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. one of mine. That hair. The off the shoulder, yeah. yeah. Um, the hair is really cool. It's like crimped. Yeah, great. Honestly, I kind of love the tire scene outfit and makeup. Just oh because yeah, it's all like smeared. Well, and and it's fun that uh, Hedwig is wearing the foam. Yeah, she's wearing her yeah. own merch. the foam headpiece. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the the scene with the car wash skirt. And oh yeah. The, the ponytail that's in I was saying an underrated daddy, an yeah. underrated I mean I know that it's it's the fringe skirt which is the car wash yeah it's a car wash ladies and gentlemen but um I like what's going on in the rest of the outfit too yeah, yeah. and I mean like again John Cameron Mitchell is a sample size so bitch looks good in everything <laughs> I also think John looks beautiful in the mall scenes with the beret the beret mm-hmm. so clueless I was so gonna say it's a little Cher Horowitz we love it perfect Hedwig yeah. goes to the mall yeah. yep mm-hmm. <laughs> And again, I love that that's their look for the, like, I'm going to the mall, so therefore I have to dress like Cher Horowitz. <laughs> like, there is a mall look. Well, they were also gonna, going to try to ambush Tommy. Tommy's uh, in-store signing event. So she had to look good for the cameras. <laughs> but it is interesting in that, like, I, like you're seeing so many ideals of femininity. Yeah. Yes. Like, this is what this type of woman dresses like, wears. This is what the hair looks mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to see that coming from someone who is other. Yeah. As mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know how to be a woman, so I'm just going to look at these. <laughs> like, it's all wig in a box. Like, I'm Farrah Fawcett. I'm, yeah. You know, like. These very ultra-feminine images. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what are my favorites? I love the the bangs with the little flipped out hair when she's singing in. I don't know where she's singing, but when she talks about talking to Phil Collins's people. Yeah, <laughs> is that what she's singing? Oh, that's the, the that's the blue. Yeah, that's the, the blue on the bottom. On sure. The, yeah. yeah, that's when she sings yeah, Wicked the Gwen, Little Town. The Gwen Stefani mm-hmm. yeah. wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, her her Gwen Stefani moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like that hair a lot. So I like that I like that look. 
Yeah. But they're all good. Yeah. <laughs> and again, the the movie that launched a thousand drag queens. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just the opening shot, walking down an alley with an umbrella and then just throwing the umbrella. Throw, throwing the umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and opening the door. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the stage show that I'm not sure if they used in this movie, like Hedwig drinking, like, uh, out of a straw, like out of a bottle, like out of like a Coke bottle or a beer bottle, but Mm -hmm. with a straw on it, you know, little things like that. That is one of the things that stood out to me more as an adult is she talks about drinking vermouth Vermouth, on the rocks. Vermouth on the rocks. (laughs) That is a bold (laughs) choice. (laughs) And also if you're broke... Not the cheapest. No, it's pretty yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah, for mm-hmm. your daily aperitif. Yeah. But in the tire scene, when she's having her little meet and greet, she's drinking a Zima. Yeah, <laughs> drinking a Zima out of a bottle and not using a straw. Yeah, no, I, I felt that moment not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was a time when Zima was hard to find. Yeah. It was like post it being like you know. You know, some prop house in L.A. has like 300 Mm -hmm. Zima bottles. And when they rent them out, they're like, if you break this, we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I'm a a movie soundtrack kind of person. Um, I feel like in the show, did they just do – I mean, there's, there's costume changes in the show. There has to be. Not There's, as extravagant. Not as extravagant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's and just like, like the denim look and then the, yeah. the black at the end. Yeah. And it's more just like stripping away as you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring Coming down, yeah, to taking the drag off. Yeah. Man, I remember when we saw Hedwig at the Pantages. I remember it was the week of the 2016 election. Yeah. Oh, and God. we were in a bummer mood. Yeah. So kind of <laughs> a perfect time to go see Hedwig. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was pretty mm-hmm. bummed out for that. Um, I remember going to a Rocky Horror style, what do they call it? A shadow shadow play where they show the movie and then they're... And everybody's just like shouting and singing along. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was that for Hedwig. And then that's where I got, I won. Um, there were prizes and that's one of the, that's what I chose. It was a signed copy. Were you asked like a question or something? It was trivia, yeah. Do you remember what the question oh, was? God, I don't know what the question was. Do you credit it to watching the documentary? Yes, like I know it was times? that. I know it was. It was probably a question about the I, theater or something. No, it was because I knew stuff mm-hmm. about the movie, and it was because of the documentary. I was like, I know. Um, and yeah, they had a bunch of prizes, and that's that's what I did. Um, John Cameron Mitchell's filmography is very sparse. He does yeah. not direct a lot of movies. I mean, still very actively creative. Like, I mean, he was just on the Tiger King, and he was in TV uh, show with Kate McKinnon, the Netflix Sandman show. Oh, oh is he in right? That? He's in that. Oh, he's, great! Mm-hmm. I have to watch it. His character is amazing, okay. and he's just a little effervescent and dark at the same time. <laughs> it's beautiful. Cool. I remember when I was in college and Short Bus came out, and uh, I feel like not a lot of people saw that movie, no. but I definitely remember first watching Short Bus when yeah. I was 21 I, years old. I feel so bad for that movie in a way because, A, it's ahead of its time yeah. in a lot of ways, and B, the only thing that people were talking about was the sex scenes, Yeah, and that movie was so smart and so encompassing of all types of relationships yeah. and like it just got boiled down to like there's actual sex in that movie yeah yeah and it it didn't ever feel like gross it was 
beautifully shot and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. had a purpose, but it just got lost in the. <gasps> Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it introduced twenty-year-old me to rimming. I did not know that was a thing until I watched Short Bus. Oh my god! <laughs> oh goodness! See, John Kevin Mitchell has taught you so See? much. He's teaching, and the also uh, Suk Suklin Lee, Suk yeah, it, from Short Bus is briefly in this movie. She's in. Uh, she's backing Hedwig mm-hmm. in that scene. Yes, with she, all the Korean women. Yep. Yeah, she is in the band Sukyun. Uh, she plays Kwang Yi. Give it up, Kwang. Um, but yeah, she, uh, for our Canadian listeners, she started off on Much Music, which was their version of MTV, which we had because we had that dish cable oh, in sure. like the early 2000s with the satellite dish on the side of the house. And so we got Much Music. It was great. I loved Much Music. Those Canadians, you know, they're, they're on some top good of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, rabbit, um, rabbit, rabbit hole, hole yeah. yeah, that when Nicole Kidman was uh, producing Rabbit Hole, she was in on the ground floor of that production after it kind of the film rights were bought off Broadway. She uh, handpicked John Cameron Mitchell to do the movie because she wanted a director that could work with a small budget, but make it look beautiful. And I think that she was probably sold on something like Hedwig. Yeah. That like, look what they did with Hedwig. And probably this movie was not a lot of money. Like they probably the budget of this movie was not a lot and they make it look great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, I think he's a very smart, very creative person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I hope that he does direct more stuff in the future, Mm -hmm. but I mean, it I'll looks, watch whatever he does. And you know what? Yeah, it looks like oh, <laughs> it looks like he do, he's done some TV. He's done episodes of Glow, Nurse Jackie. I forgot about this movie, How to Talk to Girls at Parties, with oh, wow. Elle Fanning and Nicole Kidman. A movie that I still have not watched. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I I have not watched. It's it. based on the Neil Gaiman. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. A Neil Gaiman uh, short story. Short story, and Nicole Kidman plays an alien that that comes to London. With some like, and she meets some punk rockers. Is it a feature length? It's not yeah. A short, oh, okay. yeah, it's a feature length. Mm-hmm. Right. I've definitely right. read the short story. Yeah, but yeah. I just haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the I have the book that it's in. Yeah, I forgot which one it is. Um, Do you know what's wild? Of when I was thinking of the year of this this Golden Globes, that I was trying to think like, who did Cameron John Cameron John Cameron Mitchell lose the globe to? And I went to oh, it was Nicole Kidman, and then I had to remember. Oh, he was not campaigned an actress. No. <laughs> it was just and it's also just one of those things that this movie does to you it that you be. just immediately think of yeah. Hedwig as contemporaries with like <laughs> Renee Zellweger and Nicole Kidman. But he was put in actor and he lost yeah. to Gene Hackman in the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. wow. So yeah, and it's just one of those things that I immediately went to actresses. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it is interesting. Because, again, looking at it through the lens of now, like, people trying to decide whether or not we need to do away with, like, right. sure, which is a whole Which is a whole big debate with uh, the awards community now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only reason I'm against it is because it would just all be men. Yeah. Well, because and I also don't want all that. All the awards yeah. are decided by well, old white men. Sure. Yeah. And I don't want that discussion of it was a man last year, so it has to be a woman this year. Yeah. Which is just kind of exhausting to think about. Yeah. Since we as a society are still very much stuck in the binary, I feel like we just have Mm -hmm. to live in it for right now. Right. Right. But, um... But, yeah, I feel like you could show this movie to people now and it would still... 
it wouldn't cause any problems. It would still just really right. create great conversation. Yeah, about, it would still generate a really interesting yeah. discussion. What is mm-hmm. gender? What is sexuality? Does any of this actually matter? Yeah, mm-hmm. because we are in we are in a time where it's like movies that broach this kind of subject matter, especially that are. 22 years old we're just like ooh, that could yeah be? yeah <laughs> we're not supposed to watch that one anymore but then you know when we start breaking it down it's like no we can yeah yeah it's still are kind of even the fun campy stuff like to wong fu of that it's a fun movie but why are these why are these drag queens in drag for the entire movie yeah why are... <laughs> and yeah, any scene where that cop shows up is just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But again, like this is those two movies are not that far apart right. in the cinematic landscape. Right. Oh, yeah. Maybe like mm-hmm. what, two years? Couple years, yeah. And this one you can still watch today without ever like recoiling into yeah. yourself going, Oh God, why did they say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um, this movie is not currently streaming for free on any platforms. Um, it, it is might, a rental. It might go on and off the, the Criterion channel. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. But, uh, as of right now, it, it is not, but it is a rental. So you can, um, go find it. I mean, my small, my small town video store that I worked at had it. Do you know what section it was in? Oh God! What special interest? Okay. Which yeah. I guess fair. Sure. <laughs> I guess fair. I guess this is some special interest in this movie. Yeah. The most special. <laughs> the specialist. No, and I was I was telling the guys earlier. Like the only reason I own a Blu-ray player is because this Criterion came out yep. on Blu-ray, yeah. and I wanted it. And I, was I like, immediately well, bought it too. Gonna yeah. have to buy a Blu-ray player to watch it. <laughs> no regrets, yeah. and it's worth it. Yeah. So, listeners, you can you can rent it on your streaming services Gosh, for $3. It's crazy that Hedwig's been in our lives for over 20 years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't even wrap my mind around that. I mean, I would have probably watched this movie 2002, 2003 maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Hedwig's been with me a big portion of my life. Yeah. And, again, like, since it played such a pivotal part of my first two months of college yeah like it is seared into my brain i could turn on the cd and start singing along immediately yeah and just how cool is it that a character like this can have that broad of a reach with an audience i mean that really says something that you can identify with hedwig's story and fucking love this movie and you're a kid from like the midwest yeah that is very far away from anything at the off-Broadway theaters that they would perform this at. Yeah, and I, and that's why I do love that they translated it onto film mm-hmm. and found a way to do it because that is the only way to get it out further and get it to those kids who are wandering around the special interest section of a small-town video store. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even compare it to something now that's kind of similar to it. I mean, now it's like doing the Dear Evan Hansen movie and it didn't really work out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be getting the Wicked movie for the next, like, five years. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like the John Cameron Mitchell could still play Hedvig and it worked out well. Right. That doesn't mean that just because you originated the Broadway yeah. role, you could stick with it through the movie. Mm-hmm. Just ask the entire <laughs> cast of Rent when that movie came out. Yeah. 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 But Hedwig is timeless. Yeah. And ageless. And so is John Cameron. And so is John Cameron. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> so that's why you can uh, – if you can get your hands on uh, a DVD or a Blu-ray of this by rental somehow, um, we do recommend it because the feature-length documentary, whether you like it or not, the origin of Hedvig is on there. There's some other sun, there's some other fun supplements on that Criterion too. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's like – that's the one where we got most of our information from and um, – the entirety of the documentary, all 125 minutes of it, may or may not be on a free streaming service that rhymes with schmoop floob. Smoop floob. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you can go and Google that. <laughs> but um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Amber, this for coming to so talk to us about Hedwig. We love this movie. We love you on the show. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had you on for an episode. Anytime, guys. Yeah. Yes. And we got to listen to the soundtrack all week. Pre- yeah, I've been listening. For the I've show. been listening to this whole week. <laughs> I even was diplomatic today when I was writing my notes. I put on some of uh, MPH's uh, vocals, I and I made it past two songs. <laughs> hey yeah. And I just put on the John what Cameron Mitchell he, version. He what? He did Sugar Daddy at the Tonys, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Who did he do the car wash to? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember either. We'll have to watch it on Schmoop Floob and find <laughs> and find out. <laughs> but yes, I may have also done a full Hedvig concert during my commute home the other day in yeah. preparation. Full mm-hmm. lip sync for if your you, life. If you see me on the 210 belting my heart out. <laughs> Who did uh, – oh, it was Cheddar Gorgeous that did a Hedwig yeah. look on this current mm-hmm. season of UK Drag Race. Yeah. Yep. Great look. She did a patchwork denim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good look. Good look. Look that up too kids but um yeah this was so much fun it was. well thanks for coming on again and um we'd love to have you on again as usual but until next time time to say bye bye everybody bye <laughs>And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Fun episode. Another I love this movie. Show. Yes, we love this movie. We watch it. I mean, we haven't watched it in a while, but I mean, we've both seen it so many damn times. I remember we watched this movie early in the pandemic. Did we? I think the first week of we're officially staying at home sure. and not doing anything sure. on our days off. I blocked that. Time so <laughs> I remember we put on this Criterion Hedwig okay. and we watched it. Okay. So that was when the. Last time we watched this movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, you guys. This mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. Go out and watch this movie if you haven't seen it. And listen to the soundtrack on Spotify or iTunes. Yeah. Or what have you. It's great. But I think right about now, it is that time. Ooh, Patreon shout-outs. Yes, indeed. <laughs> time for Patreon shout-outs. We would really love to say hello to our patrons. We have a new patron, Alexis. Alexis, thank you so much. And Thomas, I wonder if we said hi to Thomas. Uh, he's another newer, new-ish patron. Yeah. So we'd also like to say hello to Mark Jackson, Millie Darcy, Ted, Benny, Jamel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Shelby, Michael, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Genevieve, Dawn, Joshua, Emily, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and also... Rafino, thanks so much. Thank you guys. Thank you for being patrons. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. We just added two watch with us commentary tracks for the month of October. What did we do? We did um, Freddy versus Jason on Halloween. That's actually available to 
any level of any level of Patreon. Patreon. Yes. And what was our other? Oh, we did. Um, we did Halloween. We did the first Halloween, and we'll be doing one in the no- in the month of November. Absolutely. If uh, you are at the ten dollar level, it is a bonus episode, but you can. Listen along with the movie, and it's like we're providing our own commentary track and watching the movie right there with you. Or mm-hmm. you can just listen in your car or on your headphones, just like a, a regular episode, and it's yeah. just as fun that way. But it is really fun when you sync it up with the movie, and uh, you have our commentary running as the movie's playing. That's a lot of fun. I've done it, and it's 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 kind of a kick. I, I love doing that. So head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay to check out all the tiers and special uh, supplementary Yeah fun stuff you get with that uh we'd also love it if you would rate and review the show give us five stars yes please give us five stars go to spotify or apple Podcasts. hit the five star button it's free it's easy takes no time at all and it helps us out tremendously Mm -hmm. also if you would like to write us a review we would also read that on uh one upcoming episode so feel free to do that as well um you can follow us on social media Mm-hmm. And movies that made us gay on uh, Instagram and Facebook and mm-hmm. MTMUG Pod on Twitter. We're yes. not off Twitter yet. <laughs> off Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We know who bought it, but yeah, we're still there for right now. We don't have a blue there. check mark, so Never. we won't be charged twenty dollars a month. What they charge you for that's, being verified? That's that. That's a whole thing this week, oh, Pete. That they've been talking you, about. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is so stupid. Why would? Oh my god, I can't even. Well, at any rate. MTMEG pod on Twitter. <laughs> and if you want to follow our personal socials, feel free. My name is at Peter Lasagna on uh, Facebook, or not Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. I watched um, a lot of movies in the month of October. Yes. And uh, you can see everything that we watched through Scott's letterbox for um, our, yeah, 31 days of Halloween. Mm-hmm. So we watch Scary Movie every day. You can follow along with us and see Scott's ratings and reviews for those movies. So check that out. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We'll try be- to tear me down. Try to tear us down. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.